Apache, you're listening to Core Community Radio, and this is the fifth episode of Classic Jazz Travels. My name is Doug Anderson, and I'll be bringing you music from jazz's rich timeline, from the 1920s to the recent recordings made by today's jazz musicians. If you're new to jazz, I hope to give you some insight into what I hear and how I learned to listen to this really special and uniquely American music. Last week, we were deep in guitar country, and I hope you all enjoyed listening to all those different voices. There are so many to share with you, and I'll do so in future episodes. Today, I want to exercise your ears. Are you learning to isolate different instruments while listening? Are you able to listen to each chorus during the solo sections and hear new ideas? I want to introduce a song form to you which may help you on your musical journey. The song form or song structure includes both length, using bars or measures of time, and also chord changes. The melody of the song follows these rhythmic and harmonic patterns, and each musician usually improvises on that song form. Most are eight measure phrases, so if the form is A-A-B-A, then the song form is a total of 32 measures in length. A lot of songs use this form, but as jazz has progressed, song forms take many shapes, and include many odd-length song phrases. I'm used to someone on the bandstand calling out another form too, the 12-bar blues. This is a set song form using a standard blues chord progression and using a 12-measure or bar song form. Today, let's begin with one of the most famous AAB songs, I Got Rhythm. The song form and chord structure used in I Got Rhythm became a standard backdrop for countless new songs that created new melody but used the same chords. These became known as rhythm changes. Here's a rare performance of the song by the composer himself, George Gershwin. I found this film and audio on the internet, and it's sourced to Gershwin biographer Edward Jablonski. Here's George Gershwin from his 1931 New York performance of I Got Rhythm. George Gershwin, taken from a 1931 film performance in New York City, which is owned now by Gershwin biographer Edward Jablonski. How is that hearing from the composer himself? Could you count out the eight measure phrases and notice the song form? I'd like to play another version of the song now, from the great Fats Waller. You'll hear Fats sing this time, which will help you with the song form. Here's Fats from 1935 with his version of I Got Rhythm. I 
more. I got Jesus, we'll be angry faster. I got a pretty girl, but I can't sing more. Old man trouble, you never find him hanging round my front door. Cause I got rhythm music that goes with it. I got my gal, who can ask for anything more. Who can ask for anything more? Swinging on up the jazz. Jazz, jazz. Bye, bye. Well, all right. to Classic Jazz Travels here on Core Community Radio. That was Fats Waller from 1935 performing George Gershwin's I Got Rhythm. Did it help you to begin to understand rhythm changes when you heard him sing the song? Let's move to another great song that uses rhythm changes now and see if you can hear both the song form, eight bars of the A section repeated twice, followed by eight bars of the B section, then back for one more A section. Last week we heard Lester Leaps In, which follows the form, and a lot of bebop songs use the progression. One we've not heard yet is Oleo, composed by another brilliant saxophonist, Sonny Rollins. This track was recorded for Miles Davis's 1957 Prestige Records release, Bag's Groove. See if you can sing the lyrics to I Got Rhythm while the song is moving along. Here's Oleo. <laughs> Thank you. 
Olio from Miles Davis's 1957 release, Bag's Groove. Miles was joined by Sonny on tenor, Horace Silver on piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Kenny Clark on drums. So were you able to hear or sing along? It may take a few more for you to begin to understand. Here's yet another version that follows the song form, but the trio stretches way out with the time and phrasing. This is from the brilliant, but some say maniacal, pianist Michelle Petrucciani and was recorded live at my favorite jazz club, the Village Vanguard. From 1984, here's Michelle's trio performing Olio. <laughs> Thank you. 
listening to Classic Jazz Travels here on Core Community Radio. I'm your host, Doug Anderson. That was Michelle Petrucciani with the Sonny Rollins composition, Olio, from his 1984 Blue Note Records release, Live at the Village Vanguard. He was joined by Pal Danielson on bass and Elliot Zygmunt on drums. What a way to finish today's lesson on rhythm changes. The interplay between the three musicians seemed like a channel right back to the Bill Evans gig in the 60s. All three players were listening and reacting to each other, taking the song form to a new place with rhythm, harmony, and as usual, tension and release. Let's stick with the trio for a few more songs. I invite you to listen again for the interplay between musicians. As I said last episode, I think Bill Evans and his trio really created the landscape that others followed and expanded upon. Here's the great Bill Evans, live in London. The year was 1965. This is Nardis.
That was the great Bill Evans from a 1965 performance in London. Larry Bunker was the drummer, and the bassist was my former band director at Western Washington University, Chuck Israels. Chuck is now living, writing, and performing in and around Portland and all around the world. He started the Chuck Israels Jazz Orchestra, and I'll bring you some of his new recordings next week. Let's hear another version of Nardis just to show the progression of the trio environment. Here's a remarkable pianist from Japan, Masahiko Sato, with his rendition of Nardis.
That was Masahiko Sato with Nardis from his 1985 release, As If. Fitting that Masahiko would get Eddie to play in the trio, because Eddie spent 11 years as bassist in Bill Evans' trio. Steve Gadd is fantastic. His cymbal work never fails to amaze me. This is yet another album you must have in your collection. Let's move to another player who's inspired me, trumpet player Kenny Wheeler. Sadly, he's no longer with us, but he was quite prolific, and we'll hear a lot more from him in later episodes. This comes from his 1984 ECM release, Double W. Here's the title track.
You're listening to Classic Jazz Travels on Core Community Radio. I'm Doug Anderson, and happy to be your host. That was Kenny Wheeler from his 1984 ECM release, Double W. He was joined by John Taylor on piano, Dave Holland on bass, Jack DeJanet on drums, and Michael Brecker on tenor. I know I've talked about Train being my favorite tenor player, but Michael, who passed away a few years ago, has firmly planted his name on the jazz timeline and his tone, imagination, and progression have inspired countless players and listeners alike. To finish up today's journey, we're going to stick with Michael, this time with the group Steps. They began playing together while at New York City's 7th Avenue South Club. This recording was captured in Japan at the famous Pit Inn Jazz Club and features Mike Brecker on tenor, Eddie Gomez on bass, Don Gralnick on piano, Mike Manieri on vibes, and Steve Gadd on drums. This is another must-have album. From the 1980 release, Steps, Smokin' in the Pit, here's Faulty Tenors on Classic Jazz Travels. I hope you've enjoyed the show. <laughs> 